ministry in the church can be life-giving and life-changing. And in the midst of it, we all need faithful companions along the road. Welcome to Along the Road, a podcast on faith and leadership for ministry leaders of the PCUSA. So you're a church leader serving as a ruling elder or a deacon, but you also have almost a dozen other roles, sibling, parent, friend, biker, landscape architect, chauffeur, builder, grocer, fill in the blank. Come join us in the midst of your day, wherever you are, to be inspired in your role in the church, become nourished, and renew your call. Formation as a leader doesn't happen all at once. So let's walk along this road together. I'm Martha Miller, and I'm excited to travel on this journey with you. With me on the podcast today is Julie Hester. Julie is a pastor and a writer, and it is in both of these roles that she's with us today, talking about writing as a spiritual practice. Julie, is there anything else you want to share with us about your story or your call or anything else you want us to know about you? Hi, Martha. Thanks. I never thought I was a writer. I wrote sermons and newsletter articles and curriculum and all of that. But I never called myself a writer until I learned how to use writing as a way to process grief. Mm. And, and that's how I ended up learning how to use writing as a spiritual practice. Years ago, I would not have asked you to call me a writer when you introduced, but, but now I'm okay with that. Oh, interesting. I think a lot of us can probably connect with that, that do some writing in our work, but don't necessarily consider ourselves a writer. So how, how did that, how did you claim yourself as a writer, I guess? Right. I started writing 25 years ago. I was a young pastor married to another pastor and pregnant. Uh, it was a difficult pregnancy, and uh, I ended up on bed rest, and and we lost one of our twins uh, shortly after birth. So I sort of froze up. Something mm-hmm. in me, I had a I had an infant in the NICU. I needed to. Mm-hmm. I had a job and a church, and I, and I needed to keep going. So I I pushed forward. I mothered, and I pastored, and I preached, and uh, I knew something about. Uh, how to pronounce resurrection hope at a graveside mm-hmm. and, and how to preach about uh, the resurrection, but I didn't know how to grieve myself. And five years after we lost our uh, our first child, I saw a notice about a one-day writing workshop in the paper and thought, wow, one day, a one-day writing workshop for bereaved mothers and mm-hmm. thought, well, that's that's me. Maybe I should go. I'll go to this one day event and do something about, about my grief. Uh, so I did. Mm-hmm. I, I went to sit around a table with 13 other women I didn't know. We had a leader who gave us writing prompts, and then we wrote and we read and we wrote and we read and we passed a tissue box around, and something inside me uh, started to thaw that day. Mm. Uh, I, I, I knew I had found a way to begin to uh, figure out how I was going to move forward. Uh, And words was the way that worked for me. I had tried to go to a grief group. You know, Mm -hmm. I went one day to a grief group for people who'd lost children and, and a talking group, and that wasn't it. That's not what I needed. 
at that time, but the, the writing uh, unlocked something in me. So that one day workshop, we, uh, those mothers, we said, well, we should meet again to do this. This is powerful. Uh, and we met six months later hmm. and wrote again. And we've now been meeting together for 20 years, wow. uh, this group of mothers. And it's not, it's not a faith-based group. It's a writing group, but uh, it, it has become a spiritual practice for me and for uh, many of the other mothers there. First of all, so sorry for your loss, but deep gratitude for being willing to share your story of deep grief. It's your story, but might also be one that can help someone else. Thank you for trusting us. In addition to helping you through a time of great pain, are there things you've learned about yourself or about God through this practice of writing? That's a great question. I learned that I had something to share with hmm. what I had learned about writing. That for a long time, for years really, I kept that part of my my practice and my faith story pretty private. The times I went with a group to write, I, I kept that to myself. I took study hmm. leave and I went and wrote with them and then came back and didn't talk about it much at church because it felt very private and personal and it, it was personal time. But over the years, I started to realize that what I was learning about myself and about God and about writing and about using writing as a way to, to have new life, especially after death, that's a resurrection story. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that through writing and that was a gift that I had to share. Uh, it would it became something I couldn't not talk about with other people and not offer to other people as a as a thank you to God for allowing me to learn it. Oh, that's very powerful. And again, I thank you for for being willing to share that gift of something that was once so personal. And I know from my own experience, a blank page or a blank screen, however we're writing, can be intimidating. When you sit down and just see the blankness, there are many times I've sat in front of one or both of them and don't have any idea where to start. As we think about writing as a spiritual practice, is there any advice you can give to those of us who may just be starting out in this? Yes, yes. I think one of the things I've learned over time in this kind of writing for me is not about producing something that's publishable. It's not even about writing something that anyone else might ever read. Uh, that's a different kind of writing, I think, than what I use as a spiritual practice. The writing I use as a spiritual practice is just sort of journaling. It's uh, expressive writing or reflective writing. So, you have to kind of let go of that editor that sits on your shoulder, mm -hmm. maybe whoever in your past told you you weren't spelling right or using good grammar. You you let go of that and you just start somewhere. Um, I, I, I use writing prompts or an idea. I have to have somewhere to start. I can't look at a blank page either and, and suddenly come up with something important or interesting out of nowhere. I, I, I need a prompt. So I use bits of scripture or poetry or objects. You know, I'm looking around my desk right now. I've, I've got a mask, actually, a face mask. That would make an interesting writing prompt. 
I start somewhere and just start describing something and then let my pen keep moving. I, I don't stop and edit myself as I'm writing. It doesn't always make sense. They're not good paragraphs. But if I can let myself get out of my head and onto the page and ask God to take me where I need to go as I write, something comes out that I wasn't expecting. I, I don't know where I'm going when I start this kind of writing, but I trust that God takes me where I need to go. I love that. I'm intrigued by your use of prompts. I know you gave us the example of the face mask, but are there other prompts that maybe we can think about or use maybe to begin this? Are there ways that we can make writing sort of a regular spiritual practice in our lives? Sure. I I like to start with simple things. Sometimes I'll start with making a list of something. Hmm. Like yesterday, I made a list of recipes that have been important to me. My grandmother's handwritten <laughs> recipe or dinner I remembered making with my children or the souffle that my oldest child and I baked together over the holidays. And then I'll, I'll make a list and then I'll just pick one from li- the list and start writing more about it. Get, get my thoughts on the page and get my pen moving. And for example, if I were writing about that souffle, I would might just start by describing the ingredients and writing, and I might end up somewhere completely else, like write about how I've always been too intimidated to make a souffle, mm-hmm. and then I end up writing about something that's not about the souffle at all, but about my fear of failure, <laughs> or uh, about how maybe mm. good things rise, or or what it's like to learn something from my child who has the courage to bake something intimidating when I don't. Or I might just write about how good the souffle was and God is in that too. Mm-hmm. You never know. Right, right. And you and you're it sounds like you're sort of listening for how God is moving, how the spirit is moving through what you might need at that particular time. Yes. I know some people who use writing as a spiritual practice will try to end with a sort of a line of prayer or a, or a thanksgiving to God or even with the words amen. I don't always do that, but I, I have asked God just in general to speak to me, be present to me and speak to me through my writing. So even if I don't ever mention God on the pages of my journal that day, it's still a spiritual practice for me because I've, I've the intention is to use it as a way to to learn about myself as a child of God and and to invite God to be present. I love that. And those are really important words, I think, for us to remember. So some of the examples you've used, like the souffle, sounded like they were things that you do on your own. Are there practices of writing that can happen with others as well? Yes. And that's part of uh, the beauty of writing as a spiritual practice is that sometimes our spiritual practices feel very private, but, but when we engage in them with other people, we, they go somewhere completely different. I, mm-hmm. I have the privilege of uh, writing with groups sometimes, uh, church groups or uh, groups at retreats or workshops, and something different happens when we write together and then 
read our words and have them heard by other people. We listen generously to one another and, and hearing our, our words read aloud and shared and hearing them in someone else's, reflected back to us in someone else's story. We learn about one another and we hear other people learning about God and about mm-hmm. themselves. And that just enriches our own journey as well. So I I think writing alone as a spiritual practice is powerful. Writing with others as a group can teach us something even more. So we form a community together when we're writing. Uh, and. And I'd encourage people who who love to write and and see it as a possible spiritual practice to figure out, is there a group within your church maybe that might like to try this together and see what happens? I love that idea of a group gathering for coffee and writing in a different way than a Bible study group might function, but um, forming that community. I love that idea. Great. Thank right. you so much. I, I tried being part of a contemplative prayer group at, mm. <laughs> at a couple churches where, you know, these these really spiritual people would sit in a circle and pray together in silence for 20, 30 minutes. And I could do it for a little while, but uh, but it, it, it wasn't my gift. But mm-hmm. sitting around a table with people and writing together for 20, 30 minutes and then maybe sharing some of what we wrote with one another— that felt like prayer to me, and um, we could uh, we could lift one another up, lift our community up a- as we rode together. I always say, wouldn't the world be a really boring place if we all had the same gifts and we were all similar? It's great to remember that we all have those different gifts. Those those are great things for all of us to remember. Right. I will say one thing I learned in that first writing group I was ever part of was that uh, everyone is a writer. A writer is just someone who writes. And and we all write. We write mm-hmm. texts. We write emails. If you can talk, you can write. I, I heard someone say, talking is writing on the air. We all tell stories and we all talk. When we just trust ourselves to write them down, we become writers as well. And thank goodness there were people in the past who wrote down their stories and encounters with God and where they paid attention to where God was showing up, or, or we as the church wouldn't be the same as we are now. Amen. Yeah, definitely. Our listeners are spiritual leaders in the church. Are there things that you wish these leaders, deacons, ruling elders, knew or remembered as they serve in ministry or advice you might give them? I, I think about some of the holiest moments that I've had in meetings with church leaders. And those are moments when somebody shares part of their own faith story or asks an honest mm. question or tells us something about themselves that maybe we we didn't know and what a privilege that is. So writing, this kind of writing is a is a way to do more of that, whether you're doing it personally or doing it together as a group, it in, invites us into, into sharing our stories with one another. So I think about leaders who, you know, have answered a call to serve with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, and writing as a practice or really anything as a practice that matters to you 
sharing that with the people with whom you serve is uh, is a gift. So maybe your practice is knitting or music or it's a regular golf game with friends. If you if you invite God to be present with you in it, and then you share where you might see God through it with those with whom you serve, that's that is every bit, if not more important than the agenda items or the budget or whatever tasks are on your committee's to-do list. Being a community of individuals who love God and are loved by God, who are willing to share their own stories. Mm -hmm. We're such a story-formed people, and sharing our stories with one another matters every bit as uh, much as knowing that we got through our to-do list together. I agree. Thank you so very much. Thank you for joining us today, Julie. It has really been a pleasure to be with you today, and your words, as always, mean so much. For those of you who don't know, if you'd like to experience some of Julie's writing as a part of your ministry, please review the Regarding Ruling Elders articles from 2022. Julie was the writer for that series that focused on each of the constitutional questions asked during ordination and installation. We hope that you've been nourished through this episode of Along the Road. You're invited to visit the website for PCUSA Leader Formation for additional nourishment for ruling elders and deacons. PCUSA.org slash leader dash formation. This has been the Along the Road podcast. We look forward to crossing paths with you again soon. 